Okay, we're going to go to Matthew 16, verse 13. Matthew 16, verse 13. We're going to talk a little bit about spiritual warfare. Um, now, Matthew 16 talks about the, the, the gates of hell. You know, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the kingdom of God. Now, what does that mean? Now, we're going to read there from verse 13. It says, When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, uh, that I the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that you are John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others Jeremiah, uh, and, uh, or one of the prophets. Um, or one of, one of the prophets. He said unto them, But who say you that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, you know, a, a very interesting thing there is, when Jesus came, they asked him, Who do you say, who does people say I am? And people always try to, and I see that in church as well, they try to identify you under whose anointing you are. They will say, no, you know, Elijah did this miracle. Jesus did the same. So it's the anointing of Elijah. No, he's Elijah. Or no, he's Jeremiah. Or he's this or he's that. And sometimes we try to look at people from that perspective. Because we cannot believe that what is inside us is authentic. It is of God. You know? So, um, I don't carry any man's anointing. And you don't carry any man's anointing. There's not such a thing. The anointing that you have and what you have is authentic. It comes from God. It's first and given to you by God Himself. You don't walk with, I don't walk with the anointing of Nikki van der Westhuizen or the anointing of Reinhard Bonke. I like what Reinhard Bonke says. He says. Somebody says, pray for me that your anointing can come upon me. Reinhard says, now what will I then do without the anointing if my anointing is now on you? Yeah, that's exactly what I believe, believe in, you know. We don't receive anointings from people. When we see people functioning in the anointing, uh, we, we can see how they use what God has given them and you. And you can just, it's like you've got a cell phone, you, you, you've got a, a Nokia N whatever, and you go to a friend that's got exactly the same thing, and he just knows how to operate certain things that you don't know how to operate. And he just shows you how to operate what you already have. You don't get anything from him. He just teaches you how to flow in what you've already got. Amen. And then many times you go to a place and somebody prays for you or he's got the gift of faith and he moves in power and you are stirred by that. You've already got that gift. You've already got that power. You don't have to wait for him to lay hands on you. Not at all. That stirring is just stirring up what's already inside you. Now you start to go and you flow in that power and people say, now he got the anointing from that guy. God doesn't work like that. Twelve apostles teach that. They say that there were twelve apostles and Jesus gave anointing to them and that gets passed down through apostles. So, and there's a big move in the United States at the moment, you know, and all over the world called the apostolic where it, where it is all about the ap- apostle has got the anointing and now that apostle will lay hands on people and he will transfer the anointing. They even go so far to say that a, a grace is only given to the apostles. And then they will take one scripture that Paul used where he says, you are partakers of my grace. 
saying that he then took the grace that God gave him as an apostle and gave it to other people. So that you cannot have grace unless an apostle lays his hands on you. And the greatest thing, of course, unless you tithe to the apostle, the anointing of the apostle will never come on you. It's really what's taught. That's, that's a wrong teaching. So, and I think uh, here is, it's a typical Old Testament way of uh, uh, looking at it. Um, who do you say I am? No, no, you are Elijah. Then Peter came and he heard the voice of God. And he said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus, I am the Son of Man. Jesus, Peter said, the Son of Man is the Son of God. And that was an awesome revelation. He didn't try to refer to Jesus outside of the truth of who he was. And I think we need to do that with ourselves and with preachers. You know, especially to yourself. Don't refer to yourself outside of who you really are. You are the embodiment of God today. He lives in you by his Holy Spirit. And that is who you are. Amen. Speak the truth. I don't believe in positive confession. Because positive confession can be very stupid sometimes. I just believe in speaking the truth. What is the truth? It is the, 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 uh, uh, the relation that you have with God outside of the law in Christ Jesus. That's the truth. So we don't try to speak positive, we just acknowledge the truth. That's the word confess. We're confessing the truth about our lives. Okay, it's a little bit off the point, but I just felt I had to put that in there. So they come and they said, <clears throat> um, and then Jesus said unto him, he said, and Jesus answered, verse 17, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto you, you are Peter, and on this rock... I will build my church. I believe it's the rock, the revelation of Christ. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, remember when I was preaching there in, in, in uh, Tanzania, you know, every service it is... Satan, I bind you. Okay? In the, in the children's church, they bind the devil. Then in the youth, they bind the devil. Okay? And then they bind the devil again, you know, before the main service. And then before the evening service, they bind him again. So I asked them now, who is loosing him all the time? You know, between the services. Because you just bound him now, now you're binding him again. The, we are working against each other here because this guy comes with a chain, binds him, and when you turn your back and somebody else loses him again. So what, what is this now? Or you've been binding him with a very long chain. So he's bound, but he still can still walk around because the chain's too long. So, and then I told them, and it's like I said, you tonight, do you know that Jesus not once in the Bible ever said, Satan, I bind you? Not once. Never. Never do you find any scripture where you find Peter even saying, Satan, I bind you and I loose the Holy Spirit. Just that thought pattern says that the Holy Spirit is bound and Satan is loose. Because you must bind the, Holy, bind the devil and loose the Holy Spirit. That means you believe that the Holy Spirit is bound now. 
sitting in the corner shouting, help me, help me. And then you quickly bind the, the devil, and you lose the Holy Spirit so he can flap around, yeah? You know, and give people blessings here and there and whatever. And when you go home, he gets bound up again and Satan gets loosed. It's such a ridiculous teaching. And then the gates of hell. And I've, I remember when I was in Bible school and um, I, I was saying, we're going to bombard the gates of hell now <laughs> with our prayers. Bombard the gates of hell is not going to stand against the kingdom of God. Now I want to explain how that, how that works. <clears throat> When, when uh, the gates of hell, hell, the, the Bible talks, when it talks about hell, it talks about the doctrine of works righteousness. I know there's a physical hell, I believe that, where people will burn. I, I do believe, I know there's people that differ from me or whatever. How it exactly looks, I don't know. It's like people say to me, how does heaven look? I don't know. I've not been there. I don't know. I've seen visions, but those visions change. But physically I have not been there. Like Paul the Apostle even said, I know of a man who's been taken away into the third heaven. If it was in spirit or physically, I don't know. And then talks about the glorified body and how it will be one day. Paul says, I don't know. But what I do know is that I'll be like him. Now how is hell? I don't know. But what I do know, it's everything but happiness, joy, peace, long life and everything that's good. Everything but that. So how it is... I don't know. So, this, the Bible says that wrong doctrine, if you talk about, if you go and read James, it says, it's set the light by the fire of hell. It talks about the tongue. It says, a tongue no man can tame. Now it talks about teaching the law in James. It says, that set the light by the fires of hell. So, Jesus calls, uh, 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 calls the Pharisees sons of hell. Have you ever read that? Sons of hell. And then he says, the gates of hell. So there's a law-based teaching of condemnation that's keeping people in bondage. And there's a gate that will not be able to keep the people bound anymore because of the coming of the kingdom of God and His gospel. So when that gospel was preached, when Jesus Christ died, and rose again, especially when he died, the veil was torn. A veil was torn in two. You got those gates, it was two doors. Do you know that Jesus Christ, there was a door, a veil, unto the most holy place. Where no, you couldn't go through that thing, there was a door there, it was a veil. You couldn't go in there. You were standing in bondage outside the most holy place. And then that veil was torn from top to bottom, which was the flesh of Jesus. So here was the perfect flesh of Christ, or perfection was the door that kept you out of the most holy place. Because you couldn't be perfect. Perfection was what kept you out. Then God came and destroyed perfection as the door into the most holy place. Got crucified. So perfection is not your way. Perfection, now remember, I'm not talking perfection by the blood of Jesus. I'm talking about perfection through the law system. Perfection through the law system. We've been made perfect by the blood of Jesus. Sinless, washed, everything is washed. But if I take out the law right now, and I look at your works, I'm sure I'm going to find something. But because perfection according to the law is not the way anymore, that was torn from top to bottom. The gates of hell. The gateway out of bondage 
was perfection. You had to be perfect. Otherwise you could not be released out of your bondage, your sin, your condemnation and your unrighteousness. And then he says, the gates of hell will not prevail against the kingdom of God. And then he says, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So there came a message of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit that has destroyed the door that was keeping people in bondage. Okay? Are you learning something? This really blessed me when I looked at this, you know. So, then he comes and listen to this. In verse 19 he says, I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Now, the way in which the, the, it was written in the Greek, it's very difficult to understand in the King James. If you want to understand what's written there, you must read the Amplified. Does anybody have an Amplified Bible here? You've got an Amplified? Can you read verse 19? Just in, and that is from the original text. Uh, the way I studied it, I found also in the Amplified. Okay, just listen. Whatever you bind, declare unlawful or improper on earth must be what is already been bound in heaven. So it's not I bind it on earth, now it's bound in heaven. You declare on earth something as bound and you are only allowed to declare something as bound on earth if you can see it has already been bound in heaven. Okay, read that verse again. That's the gospel. That's the good news gospel. So, bind there. If you go, go, go and study that up, it's like um, the word bind. We see the word bind as taking a piece of rope, binding something. That is not the word bind there. The word bind was uh, basically, um, it will say like the, the school of whoever, some, say Gamaliel, will bind sexual immorality. That means they are against it and say it's improper. That's binding. Loosing is to say, well, I declare this as proper. Now, here comes, he comes to Peter and he says to Peter, Peter, I'm giving to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. That was not only given to Peter. He was the first guy that preached this message. And it really happened when he preached to the Gentiles. Now I'll explain that now. <laughs> it was unlawful to, to even talk to Gentiles. Unlawful. Then Peter came and he saw a vision in heaven of this sheet that came down. And you say that I, that you don't understand of Rikrans. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so the sheep came with all the, all the unclean animals. And then he said, well, I can't, it's not proper for me to eat. Then Jesus said, then God said, eat. Don't call anything unclean that I call clean. So what did he see? He saw already in heaven. God declared lawful for a Gentile to be saved free from the law. 
Then what he saw already in heaven, he came and preached it. That's binding and Lucy. Hallelujah. 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 I want to declare to you that Satan's method of destroying people's lives has been bound 2,000 years ago. The devil is not getting bound now. We are declaring him as bound. We are declaring his system as bound. I come now and I bind. By, by teaching this, I bind circumcision as a way unto salvation. By preaching and saying that Jesus Christ is the way. Now, I'm not allowed to preach it unless I first see it in heaven. It must be already true in heaven for me to declare it on earth. So we could come and bind the wrong teaching on finances. Declare it improper and unlawful. And what was improper and unlawful, remember what Paul said. Paul said, I went into the third heaven. And there I saw things that was unlawful to say on earth. Because the law would not allow him to say what he saw there. Peter saw the same thing. And then Paul came and he declared what was according to the earth law. Not lawful to say, but lawful according to what was in the heavens. He declared, you don't have to follow the customs of Moses anymore. To be saved. Hallelujah. Binding and loosing. I like that teaching now. <laughs> That's a good teaching. You know? It's not Satan binding you. No, no. He's bound. Amen. The Bible, Jesus said, how can you plunder a strong man's, somebody's house unless you first bind the strong man? You know what he was talking there about? He was talking, he says, I am plundering now the strong man's house. I, I, he says, he casted out devils by the Holy Spirit. They said, no, he's using Beelzebub. He says, no, 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 no. How can I destroy somebody's house unless I've already bound the strong man? So he was saying that he came and bound, he was binding the strong man by making an end to the law system. So that we can go today and plunder the house. We are house plundering preachers. Plundering the house of the enemy that he has built upon the traditions of man by declaring it improper and declaring what Christ has done as proper. Hallelujah. Amen. I see some of you, it's like a bit of a shock, but just grab it. Now, with this thing about the door in mind and, and, and binding and loosing, now listen to this. It says in verse 1, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that enters not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. Now, what is the door? We know, and we're going to read that the door is Jesus Christ. Okay? And the sheep is in a sheepfold. Where it was kept, where it could not eat. It was just kept there for a certain time. Then there is a door. What does a shepherd do? The shepherd comes through the door. He doesn't climb up. The thieves would go and steal over the wall. They can't open, they don't have a key for the door. But now the shepherd's got a key. 
that unlocked the door. And that is just a way of saying that the true preacher of the gospel will lead the people out. Okay? The rest tries to steal them. But the true preacher will lead them out. Okay. So he comes to the door and he calls his sheep by name. By name is also by origin. Saying, where do you originate from? You the God type. You have already been redeemed. Now you can be saved from this fold where you kept here and you can come go free and eat. Okay? Right. We're going to explain this now in depth. So, here it is. Verily I say unto you. Okay, verse 2. But he that enters, um, but he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter opens and the sheep hears his voice and he calls own sheep by name and they lead them out. And when he put forth his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, um, but will flee from him, for they will not know the voice of strangers. That this parable spoke Jesus to them, that they understood, and they understood not what things he was speaking of. Verse 7. Then said Jesus unto them, again, very well I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. So the shepherd here does not talk about Jesus as the shepherd of the sheep. He says he's the door. He doesn't say he's the shepherd. I know he's the shepherd in other parables of the sheep, but in this parable, he's not the shepherd. He's the door. And then the shepherd comes in through the door, the true shepherd. He comes in through the torn veil. He comes, into, he comes through the gates that could not stand against the kingdom of God, that God has opened in Christ. He comes through the message of no condemnation, through the message of the flesh as perfection unto God has been taken away. The person who comes through that door is the shepherd of the sheep. And the people will hear his voice and they'll be led out. Okay? If you have been taken out of that sheepfold, without that, I want to tell you, you've not been led out by the shepherd, but you've been stolen by a thief. Okay. Verse 7, Then said Jesus unto them, Verily I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever, listen to this, came before me are thieves and robbers. So now Jesus says, I am the door, I am the way that shepherds can use. Anybody that ever came before me to lead you to freedom are thieves and robbers. Now who came before Jesus? I mean all the prophets. Everybody. None of them could lead them out. Neither Elijah, Elisha, David, Moses. No one could lead them out. Because they were not using the door. They came in some other way. The law. Couldn't lead them out. Couldn't lead them to freedom. Okay? All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. So the sheep couldn't be led out. You know, they were still in bondage there. I am the door. By me, if any man enter, he shall be saved. And shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes not but to steal, to kill and to destroy. I have come that you might have life. And you might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. 
the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But, the, um, but, that, the hi- but that one that is an hireling and not a shepherd whose own sheep are not sees the wolf and run away. Just in short. Okay, so what happens there is, Jesus said, I, so many times we think the thief, the devil, comes in to steal, kill and destroy. It doesn't talk about the devil there. It talks about preachers. It talks about preachers that does not want to use the door, which is the torn body of Jesus, which is the message of perfection as a way unto God, by obedience to the law, has been ended. If you want to use any other message, you want to get the, 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 the sheep out by another way. And that thief will not, what, what he's actually saying there is, when you are led out by that way, when the wolf comes, you'll be destroyed. So when the accuser comes and you've been led out by the law, you will be destroyed. You'll be devoured. Remember what uh, uh, um, uh, uh, the Bible talks about? Uh, Satan goes about, about like a roaring lion, seeing whom he may devour. So what will that wolf do? He will devour you. How will he devour you? He will rip your life to pieces with a message of condemnation. Because you've been led out with that message. That's your passport. But if you go out with a passport of no condemnation, the perfection of Christ on my behalf, you can be led out and go forth with peace and go to places where there's still waters and find rest in the presence of a shepherd who will destroy the devourer. You will not fight the devourer. It's not your work to fight the devourer. It is your work to, 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 to just walk through the door. That's your work. Be led forth with peace. Walk through the message. Let the message of no condemnation lead you out of the bondage you are in. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So that when you're out there, you sit under the shepherd. The message of the shepherd. And that message will protect you. But under the law, you cannot find protection. You will find condemnation, judgment. Okay? Right. Let's go to another verse there. Um, Bookmarks. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You know, sometimes we live with this thing that the devil has got his demons over here and there are strongholds over places and whatever. You can even go to places where you'll find um, there's like a stronghold of prostitution. If you want to call it like that. Where there's a lot of prostitution or... uh, 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 you can say, no, there's a stronghold. Um, you go into the Muslim area, now there's a stronghold here of Islam. It's not a stronghold of Islam there, it's just a lot of Muslims living there. Okay? I remember um, when we, 
were working a lot in a certain colored area in uh, Kimberley, close to Kimberley. People were really, I mean, they were bound in alcohol. So people said, now we must bind the spirit of alcohol over this place. Listen, my boot. You're going to bind until you're tired, man. But unless you preach the gospel to those people, and they can hear the message of God's unconditional love, and the deception in their mind about true joy, and the depression in their hearts are healed by the revelation of grace, that thing will be free there. People will still live in alcohol abuse. I tell you that. We can, we can run a test now and find a, a, a hundred people praying against alcohol over a certain town. And we can see how much alcohol goes in there. You know, say, uh, on the Monday, we bind this thing now, see how much goes in. And then we see how much goes in on the Saturday after you've prayed against that spirit. More. I tell you now, more. Because what is binding those people is not a spirit of alcohol. It is a stronghold in their mind, an imagination. It's called an imagination. A wrong idea of who they are and what God has done for them. And the Bible says very clearly, salvation comes by preaching the gospel. It comes by preaching. We need to preach the gospel. I've decided now... I, I, I longer I want to do this, but I'm going to go over to this. I stood in front of a world map. And I looked at the countries that can understand English. And I realized we're not making an impact with that website I've got. Because I only speak English. The whole of Russia. The whole of India. 1.6 billion people. China, two billion people. They don't understand English. They don't understand it. And I can now go and bind over China until I'm tired. But they need a preacher. The Bible says, how will people be saved? They cannot be saved unless they heard. They cannot hear unless somebody preach. And somebody cannot preach unless somebody sends him. That's the gospel. That's the dynamics of the gospel. That's how it works. And, and, and I, I, that's why, I, man, I, I believe in teamwork. Working together as a team. Getting the gospel to people all over the world. So what I'm going to do on the website now, is we're going to start a, what I call a dynamic love uh, um, ministries family. Where people from everywhere in the world can become part of the ministry. And when you become part of, there's certain things you can be, become part of. You can become part of CD distribution. You can be part of translating messages, transcribing them. You know, writing them out in English. You can be a, a translator, putting it into R- Russian or Chinese or whatever, so that we can put subtitles to all the messages and give it in written format in different languages, so that when you get onto the website, you can say, I want it in Chinese. And it will be in Chinese. That people can hear the message of grace. Hallelujah. So, this, this is what is, what is talking, talked about here. You know, when, when it comes to our lives, when it comes to binding the strong man, uh, 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 binding imagination, says, the weapons of our warfare, that which we use is not carnal. We don't use uh, 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 the law system to bombard the things of Satan. 
We don't use the carnal thing. In other words, um, I'm not going to say to the devil or to situations or to condemnation in my heart. Now I feel a little bit condemned over here. Then I say, no, 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 but God loves me and, and I'm more than a conqueror because I last month got an extra check from my boss. Now I'm bombarding that other condemnation, another place of my life with that. No, no. We, the weapons of our warfare is the message of grace. And believing that all the time. And keeping our eyes focused on that message. Now listen to what he says here. He says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge, or the Greek word, the acknowledgement of God. So what do we do? We, 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 he says, we cast down imaginations, every high thing, I think that imagination also talks about teachings, imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge or what God says. And we bring it into captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. Okay, so what is he saying? He's saying there are thoughts that runs wild, that talks against what Christ has done. Then we take that thought. That thought can be in your mind. That thought can be an idea that's being preached. We bring that into subjection to the obedience of Christ. It does not say, you know, there are things that says, that there are teachings and thoughts that's, that, that exalts itself above what God acknowledges. So God acknowledges and says, you are righteous, free from your works. I will bless you on the basis of who I am. I love you the way you are. Then there are teachings or thoughts in your mind that wants to exalt itself above what God says. And how do you exalt yourself above what God says? You say what God says is wrong. What I say is right. He says those thoughts, we take it captive under what? The obedience of Christ. What was the obedience of Christ? Through the disobedience of one, we all became sinners. But through the obedience of one, we made righteous. So we take that thought that says, I'm not righteous, I'm not blessed, and I don't qualify right now. I take it captive to what? To my obedience, or to how much I prayed, or to what? No, no. We take it captive under the obedience of Christ. What does that mean? We render this powerless by acknowledging that His obedience on my behalf is what was needed and not this. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? Instead of, I pull you down. Where do you want to pull Him down to? Your backyard. Man, leave Him there. Don't pull Him down. We've got enough trouble down here. Don't pull the devil down. Leave him. I think people have not realized that they are more powerful than the devil. A person who does not even have the Holy Spirit has got more power than a demon. I can tell you now, a demon cannot go into anybody. There was a man with a legion of demons. The Roman legion was 6,000. Now, if a legion of demons knows Jesus, they were shouting, Jesus, have you come here to almost a pain for our state? Okay, to torture us before our time. 
Now, if you know that Jesus over there, a guy, this guy is strongest. Now, now say I'm a demon. Now, th- there's Jesus. I know he's going to beat me up. Do you think I'm going to run to him? No. So now, if there's 6,000 of us that's scared of Jesus, do you think we're going to run there or are we going to force this person to run away? We'll force this person to run away. But 6,000 demons was not stronger than the will of a man to be free. 6,000! That man came running to Jesus. Fell at his feet and Jesus cast the devils out. They could not force that. I mean, they knew this trouble. Why didn't they just take the guy and run into the caves? Because they don't have the power. They don't have the power. But the devil has got so much power. The only power he has is he's just misleading you and you are using your own faith to create those things. They are powerless. But Bertie, you don't know about... Listen, I've just been to the bushman. I know what I'm talking about. Let me just say, say this to you. If I teach you today that you can have the Holy Spirit for free, you know, all you do is you believe in what Christ has done, you receive the Holy Spirit. What will you have? In the Holy Spirit. If I teach on healing here tonight, and I pray for the sick, and I say to you, listen man, Jesus Christ has come for you to be healed, and I'm going to pray for you, what's going to happen? You're going to receive healing. If I teach you today that you can have a demon, I mean, what are you going to have? You're going to get a devil right here in church. It's the truth. I never knew this. And one day I was at a meeting... In, 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 um, in Potchestrom and this guy was teaching he says if you've got sin in your life that sin is a devil so there was this young lady there and I knew her and she had a good life and all of a sudden here she's manifesting and I said Lord I didn't know she's got a devil you said no no she didn't have one she's getting one she's getting one Because this guy has just been teaching her that if you've got any wrong thought in your mind, you've got a devil. Now, listen, not even God can enter you without you believing in Him and calling upon Him. How do you think the devil is going to come in? No ways. He's not just coming in because you just didn't know. No, no. They're too weak. But if you can believe you've got one, you will have one. Think about that. Many people go to deliverance ministry places, receive a devil right there. At the end of the teaching, it gets cast out again. And then you think you've always had a devil. You've never had a devil. You had it for an hour. And they cast it out again. And now, afterwards, you can receive many others. Sevenfold. Because you believe you can now receive a devil upon a devil upon a... uh, No. The Bible doesn't say the work of the devil is the, uh, lust and this and this. It says the work of the flesh. The fruit of the flesh is murder, drunkenness, sexual immorality, whatever. We don't need a devil to do that. Human flesh can do that without a devil. I promise you.
See, some of you are very quiet. <laughs> Maybe you're upset. You thought you had a devil. <laughs> Hallelujah. God loves us, man. He's come to set us free. So our, our warfare is not against flesh and blood. So we don't use physical things to prove who we are. We are spiritual people. And we take the spiritual things and we take every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus. Every thought and idea, be it in my head or be that thought in the mouth of another man. If you sit and talk, and this is what I like now, this, we, we're going to Tanzania, we're going to Kenya. They asked me, now listen to this, they asked me, Bertie, would you just give us like a curriculum? You know, or a, just a short thing of 15 messages that we can use in all our churches and teach the leaders of all these 4,000 churches. Put it on DVD for us with uh, 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 this Swahili uh, subtitles. My goodness, man. So when I get back, that's what I'm going to start with. You know, 20 minute programs where I teach the basics of the gospel to these people that can be distributed to thousands of churches. Hallelujah. They opened up three, they've got three major Bible schools. It's all opened up now for our doctrine. Isn't that awesome? Hallelujah. I want to tell you, man, this, that is true binding now. True binding and loosing. Because we, God has opened the door for us by the power of the Holy Spirit, working in the heart of a man through one man, we went to a place, preached the gospel there, the door got opened further, you know, we're preaching the gospel, and now, what do we do? We declare the law system as bound already. All we can do, when, if, if you want to, if you want to shout, shout, you know, some, some of us just like to shout. So if you would like to shout in the beginning of a service and has to have anything to do with the devil, you can shout and say, I declare Satan, your work has been bound 2,000 years ago. Amen. Now it says resist the devil and he will flee from you. How do we resist the devil? By continuing to believe in the gospel. The Bible says in Hebrews that we, you, you have not, Hebrews chapter 12, you have not resisted against sin until blood. You know, the, I, I spoke about that as well here. In Afrikaans say, jylle het nog nie ten bloed het in die sonde gestrui nie. Now what does that mean? Does it mean, you know, like a person, he's, he's got a feeling of lust in his heart. Now he's walking in the street, or he's, he's sitting next to his friend, and all of a sudden you just see blood. And you say to him, why are you bleeding brother? He says, man, I'm lusting so bad and I'm resisting until I'm bleeding. And that is not resisting the devil. That's not resisting. That's using willpower to fight your flesh. What I, resisting the devil is resisting his system, which is trying to get you back under this condemnation thing of works righteousness. Saying, I continue to sit here in the green pastures and I continue to sit back and rest. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Resisting to jump up and try and work the works of the law. Resting, resting in the finished work of the gospel of Jesus. Amen. So enjoy your war. Everything is good news in the gospel. Even spiritual warfare. Now I didn't have time to get into some other scriptures. But keep your heart open to the love of God. Keep your heart open to the grace message. This is the only gospel. This is the only gospel. I also want to say this to you. You know that what you possess in your heart concerning this gospel is true about every man. Those of you that has not been here, please go onto my website or order the CDs afterwards. I, will, I almost want to say it's a must to get those CDs. The, 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 the three teachings I have on the difference between redemption and salvation. You need to get that. Every Christian on the planet must have that. The difference between redemption and salvation. Because if you can understand that difference, you will realize that what you have now, the knowledge you have, is true about another man, and you, this belongs to him. It's like, you know, every person on this planet, there's a prick in his heart, right now, to, towards grace. Every person, even a Muslim, Hindu, every person. Jesus Christ comes to Paul and says to him on the road to Damascus, do you know what was the first words? He says, Paul, is it hard to kick against the goads or the pricks? So he saw Paul suffering under this message of this law thing cannot be it. But he's using willpower. He was in a, in a, in a battle in his heart. And when Christ appeared to him, what happened? When Christ appeared, he believed. And there are many people out there of your friends that has got the Holy Spirit already speaking this grace thing in his heart. And you're sharing the gospel or giving a CD or inviting him to, to a session like this or anything or showing him a, a link on the website can be Christ appearing to him. And he can believe. And be saved. Hallelujah. What you have belongs to others as well. Isn't that awesome? What, what we're also going to do is, um, uh, I, I got a friend of mine that uh, told me about a guy in China that prints, you know, these small DVDs, those very small ones. These days they're not even round, they like, look like a rectangular thing. But it's a DVD. So, they print it for next to nothing. So I want to make a 15 or 20 minute message that's very powerful in what the gospel really is. And then you get those CDs and you walk with 10 of them in your pocket. Because they've put them to your pocket. Maybe you don't know how to share the gospel. Maybe you're selling a house to somebody. You know? Or you've got some client that you know in your heart you feel, man, this guy needs this. Not just everyone. When you feel, I need this guy needs this. You say, listen, I want you just to listen to this and come back to me. It will touch people's hearts, man. It will touch people's hearts with a link to the website. People can really get the gospel. This message needs to be preached. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.